Welcome to the Serviced Accommodation Property Podcast. This podcast by Kevin Paneskis, also known as the Property Soldier, covers all aspects of serviced accommodation and how to make it a profitable and sustainable business. Kevin started investing in property in 1991 whilst serving in the British Army and now owns a multi-million pound property portfolio and serviced accommodation business and is a best-selling author. And now your host, Kevin Paneskis. Hi, Kevin. Property Soldier here, going live on multiple different platforms and also recording this for my service accommodation property podcast. Any questions that you've got during this live, then please uh, type them in the comments and I'll endeavor to answer your questions. If not, uh, if I don't see any uh, questions live, then I'll check back in on the different platforms and and type any answers in, uh, as long as they're not too long-winded answers. Okay, so what I wanted to talk about today is the opportunity that I can see happening in service accommodation. And What I'm referring to is the energy prices that we all know are going up significantly. And I'm also going to talk about the EPC uh, changes that are coming in for landlords as well. Okay, so I've got buy to let, I've got HMOs, and I've got serviced accommodation properties. And the buy-to-lets, what's going to happen with those? Well, the buy-to-lets ultimately, um, for for new buy-to-lets, you're going to have to achieve an EPC uh, rating of C in order to be able to continue using those as buy-to-let. And many landlords, myself included, are going to have to pay money on those buy-to-lets in order to, to upgrade them from their current EPC rating to an EPC of C. Uh, With my HMOs as well, that is ultimately going to need to take place, upgrading the HMOs to achieve an EPC and the energy performance certificate of C and above. So that's going to be some expenditure right there. Now, the other issue when it comes to HMOs is that the energy bills are going up with, um, you know, across the board. And so that's... With HMOs, that is a significant problem for HMO landlords. Okay, so again, a few high, so high Cushid, high Joel. Uh, Joel. Um, so, yeah, it's an issue for landlords, HMO landlords, especially because HMO tenants quite often, and many of you HMO landlords will be able to relate to this, they have their heating on with windows open and they don't seem to care because they are bills included. And that's a bit of an issue. It's definitely an issue for me and I get a bit hot under the collar and I try to implement, um, you know, uh, measures in my HMOs and I get the letting agents say, no, you're not allowed to do that. You've got to let them be able to change the heating to whatever they want, et cetera, et cetera. So that does get, you know, under my skin a little bit. Now, here's the thing, though, with service accommodation, yes, I am also paying the the bills with my service accommodation properties. But I am in a lot, I have a lot more control with service accommodation properties. I can have remote, um, you know, like um, 
Wave and, and, and other, other uh, systems where you can change the heating remotely and make sure that it is um, at the right temperature. And, um, you know, the, the thing to remember with SA is it's not the guest's home. So they do not have the, the same rights, if you like, um, on the property. So, yes, you can be changing the heating controls remotely and being more in control of that. And you can have them on um, timers. And also remember that you've got if people are staying for longer than a week, then you've got cleaners going in at least once a week, or this is what I recommend. And so they can be monitoring these things as well to see whether or not windows are being left open and heating left on when guests are not there. Okay, so you've got a lot more control with serviced accommodation properties when it comes to heating. The other thing that um, is definitely worth mentioning is that service accommodation should not be fully occupied all of the time. Um, unless you're getting, you know, six month bookings um, from, you know, a group of contractors or something like that, then fair enough. But with short term lets, you shouldn't be 100% occupied. If, if you're 100% occupied, you are far too cheap. And you're going to be paying out far too much on cleaning and laundry and all of those things um, whilst being too cheap. And so ultimately, a well run service combination property that's getting short term bookings should only actually be occupied on average over the course of a year, 75% of the year. So for 25% of the time, guess what? You can have your heating off and, and clearly the electricity is also not going to be used or it could be electric heating clearly. And so again, that is going to make service accommodation more attractive for property investors, in my opinion, over and above HMO. So those of you that might want to turn your HMOs into SA, then that's definitely something to consider. And clearly, you just need to learn how to run a service combination or you can joint venture with um, somebody who's doing service combination management and have them manage your, your property for you as SA. Now, you, there might be a situation where um, you can you might have to change from C4 down to C3, because what I actually do with service combination is whole house essay. Um, it's a, just think of it, a uh, furnished holiday let. The property is becoming furnished holiday let, and the most appropriate use cost for that is C3. And um, it's not an issue changing properties from C4 down to C3. So let's say you know the landlord's fed up with HMO and def was fed up with it before, even before the bills have gone up. Um, and so there's not going to be an issue changing the property to C3. And um, so there's going to be plenty of landlords like that. And guess what? I am one of them because I've literally just turned a HMO into serviced accommodation and it's whole house serviced accommodation. I'm not letting it out by the room or anything like that. The same group of people arrive on one day and that same group of people leave on the same day and ready for the next group to come in. Ultimately, that is furnished holiday let, that is Airbnb in the whole property. Okay, so I say Airbnb, other platforms are available, you booking.coms, etc. So that that's what I am doing. And that's made me think, well, hold on then. That's going to be creating a brilliant idea, a brilliant scenario. That's given me a good idea to approach other HMO landlords that might also be able to see the benefits of switching to service accommodation. So there's two different ways that you could approach this. You could go to the landlords and say, 
I will manage your properties for you as service combination. So those people that already do service combination or come on my trainings and learn how to do service combination, then you can set yourself up as an SA management company. And so instead of a, you know, a letting agent, you become an SA agent um, effectively and you manage that property for the owner as serviced accommodation now the beauty of that is that the owner's bills are going to uh, go down i predict significantly but also the owner in my experience and guess what i'm, I'm very experienced in buy to let hmo and service accommodation the owner is going to be able to earn more money from that property as serviced accommodation. And the other thing, those of you that listen, have listened to other you know, lives and podcast episodes of mine, the owner is also going to be able to claim capital allowances on the property now, whereas before as a HMO, he or she could not. So capital allowances, just for those people that don't know, roughly 35% of the property's value, once it is being used as serviced accommodation, can be earned tax free so if it's a two hundred thousand pounds house 35 percent of that is seventy thousand pounds now the owner of the property can actually earn seventy thousand pounds tax free so more money less tax and no tenants okay and a lot much lower energy bills so this is going to be a significant benefit to HMO landlords to agree to have them used as serviced combination. Now, guess what? There's lots of HMO landlords that don't want to be managing their own properties, and the same applies. They are not going to want to manage it as service combination. So that's where you, service combination operators, can come in and go in, sell the benefits of service combination to them. Lower energy bills, more money, less tax, no tenants, all of those things. Remember, there's going to be plenty of HMO landlords that, have, that you know, have had bad tenant issues, et cetera, et cetera. And then the other benefit that you can be selling to these HMO landlords, because quite a lot of them will own the properties in their own name, and they will no longer, they are no longer able to offset their mortgage interest against their rental income. And so that, that's section 24. Now, that's significantly impacting on a lot of landlords, isn't it? Well, guess what? With you managing the property for them as serviced accommodation, now the income that's being generated from the property is classed as trading income. And so now that sits on the furnished holiday let page of the tax return, which and there is a box there for mortgage interest for them to still be able to offset their mortgage interest against the income that they are now getting from the property so i've just rattled off multiple benefits for sa operators to go and sell the benefits of service combination to hmo landlords giving them a much better solution to the problem that they are currently facing so epc regulations are there's no set time frame on EPC affecting serviced accommodation. So whenever it does come in properly for, um, you know, single let and HMO, that's when it comes in. And then service accommodation is going to be much, much further down the road. OK, because the regulation is coming in for tenancies that is coming in for where people live so that tenants pay lower heating bills. And so it's definitely going to, if it ever happens to service combination, it'll be much further down the road because it, service combination is not somebody's home. So it's not going to be coming under the same 
regulations. So there's massive benefits there for buy-to-let and HMO landlords to um, move over into serviced accommodation. So another thing that you could potentially do is rent to serviced accommodation on the property. So instead of doing service accommodation management, you could give fixed rent to the owner of the property. And under that circumstance, with the rent to SA, you are going to be paying the bill. So you can be giving the landlord a certain amount that the landlord is happy with. Um, so they're happy with that amount of money. They don't have to manage the property. You are going to be managing it effectively as service combination, but on a rent to SA basis where you are paying fixed rent to the owner. Whereas with, with SA management, you are charging a percentage of revenue and that's your income and the remainder goes to the owner. Okay, so rent to SA, slightly different model. By the way, I'm not going to try and teach rent to SA and I'm not going to try and teach service combination management. If people want to come and learn how to do things like that, then then buzz me up um, and I'll uh, point you in the direction of training and mentoring and things like that that I offer with my uh, joint venture partner, Progressive Property. But I'm just spelling out to you that the huge opportunity that is there for people. Now, anyone got any questions on this, then type those into the comments and I'll endeavor to answer those questions live for you. And like I say, anyone that has any other questions, if you're watching this on Catch Up, or listening it in onto on the podcast, then um, please just message me via social media um, and ask any any questions at all. So that's that's something that I've always known that where there is adversity, there is opportunity. I've always known that when Section Twenty Four came along, that was a problem for me. What did it cause me to do? Move over into serviced accommodation because I owned my property portfolio in my own name, my buy to lets and my HMOs. But moving those same properties over into service accommodation meant that I could avoid Section 24. And then I discovered capital allowances, which is literally hundreds of thousands of pounds worth of tax free income for me. And I'm even getting sideways loss relief on those capital allowances where I'm offsetting the capital allowances against my other income streams and paying no tax there either. Okay, so so that was uh, adversity, Section 24, but it actually turned into opportunity. And the way I'm looking at these new changes with EPC and with energy is also that there is an opportunity. And so when you create a win-win situation for landlords, you have definitely cracked the code. Okay, so lots of people, oh, so um, Sulius is looking forward to the discovery day and um, lots of people saying great ideas, etc, etc. So yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, welcome the feedback. So what do you think, guys? Do you think that that is creating a massive opportunity for you all? <clears throat> do you want to maybe give service accommodation a go? Now, when, when it comes to higher energy bills, the way I look at that is that let's say with lower energy bills, you could cash flow a thousand pounds from a rent to SA property. But with higher energy bills, that drops to £200. Remember, the property is not going to be occupied all year round and you've got much better control over the energy prices. So 
let's say you're, you're only going to be able to cash flow £800 per calendar month. Well, guess what? When you can create a win-win situation for landlords, like I've just explained, then you're able, going to be able to get more properties. So more properties cash flowing you £800 a month versus less properties cash flowing you £1,000 per calendar month. So the way I look at it is, yes, because of higher energy bills, there might be less cash flow. Now, by the way, inflation you know, means that the night rates for service accommodation is going to inevitably go up. But whether or not you're going to be able to put them up you know, as much as the energy bills go up, that remains to be seen. But even if there's less cash flow, the way I see it is there's going to be more properties that us service accommodation operators will be able to go and you know, get from landlords. And I can see more and more HMO landlords being incentivized to say yes to rent to SA and or yes to service accommodation management. So I just thought I'd throw that one out there, guys. Hopefully you found that useful and hopefully that's making people not be as as pessimistic about the future because of higher energy bills, because I see it as uh a win-win. I see that there's adversity, so therefore there is opportunity, and it is as simple as that. So, hopefully, you found that interesting, everybody. Here's to your success in serviced accommodation, and remember, your future needs you. Take care, and I'll see you all soon. Thank you for listening to the Serviced Accommodation Property Podcast. You can also follow me on social media and YouTube by searching The Property Soldier. Also check out my website, www.propertysoldier.co.uk, where you can learn even more about property investing and serviced accommodation.